1: Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. Apologies for coming live a little late, uh, but we have a big episode to get through today. Joe has a lot to talk about.
0: Joe, how's it going? It's good. I, I apologize for being late. We're uh, we're going to be uh, doing a little bit of a tour around the nation talking about uh, on different, uh, you know, uh, one of the things that uh, we're working on right now is getting on every single show and every single network so we can tell people what we've actually uncovered um, in this deal. So I wanna, I wanna give everybody an update on what's going on today because there's, there's a lot going on. We, uh, we are in a constitutional crisis, but we are in a judicial crisis. We are in a judicial crisis. We, do, we no longer have a judicial system. We have activists and they're not even hiding. They're not hiding. So the first thing that I'm going to do before I go into the case specifically, and, and look, I'm going to go out fighting. And this, this activist judge on our case with Coomer, first of all, there should be no jurisdiction. There is not any party, not one party in this entire deal is in the city and county and Denver. Not one. Not one party that Eric Coomer is sued, is in the city and county of Denver, not one. But, because you have polis in Denver, because you have, they could they could shop for a judge, that's exactly what they did in Denver. So, I'm gonna uncover all of it. I'm gonna tell you all about Judge Moses. I'm gonna tell you all about what she's done in this case since she came on. I'm gonna tell you and make available to you all of the information related to the law firm down in Texas that represents Coomer, I'm going to tell you what happened yesterday. So you're going to want to share this. You're going to want to share this everywhere. See, I'm not going to let them just, you know, create a kangaroo court where they can persecute people at will because that's what they're doing. You know, I'm all for free and fair and judicial fair. I'm I'm for it. I'm for justice. I'm for justice. But I'm not for what we're listening to right now. I can't. I cannot even tell you how this all plays together in such a way where it would, it would make any sense to you. You could fathom it. But it's what's happening all over the nation. All over the nation, we have a judiciary that is compromised by people who are radical leftists. At minimum... This judge should recuse herself. At a maximum, she should be be removed. So I'm going to start with this thing. This should just blow your mind. We'll start with it. Today, go ahead and put up the first document, the former Colorado Chief Justice Coates Under Investigation. I sent it to you at 1148. Today, this came out. You have that document? All right. No, nope, that's not it. Take that down. I sent it to you. It is uh, CCB. It's it's one of the first documents. Uh, came to you uh, just after the Eric Coomer zip file. One of the. Yep. There you go. All right, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna read some of this to you. This was published. I'm sorry. Yesterday. Updated yesterday. And let me read the top for you, and then I'll read parts of it to you. The former Colorado Chief Justice Coates under investigation. Attorney Discipline Commission examines Coates' link to an alleged $2.5 million contract as quid pro quo deal. Now, as you go down there, Colorado's top former judge, Supreme Court Justice Nathan Ben Coates, is under investigation by the State Attorneys Regulatory Council. The agency that disciplines lawyers for his role in a multi-million dollar contract awarded to a former Judicial Department official who threatened a tell-all sex discrimination lawsuit. The investigation by a pair of Chicago-based attorneys was approved in March, according to the ARC statement posted on its website. But the first witnesses were approached only recently, according to people familiar with the probe. Legal experts should not recall another time that ARC has investigated a state Supreme Court justice. Attorney General, or excuse me, Attorney Regulation Counsel Jessica Yates on Tuesday would not say why Coates' inquiry was opened. The Office of Reg, uh, Attorney Regulation Counsel has opened investigation into recent allegations published in a news article about former Chief Justice Coates, including his knowledge of the reasons a contractor was rewarded to a former executive in the Judicial Department and Coates' statements about that contract, according to the ARC statement dated March 15th. The Ark falls within the Supreme Court and regulates the practice of law in Colorado. Excuse me, the ARC falls. Handling licensing registra- registration and discipline. The Colorado Commission on Judicial Discipline investigates and disciplines judges the two share jurisdic- jurisdiction over judges as a violations of the Colorado Rules of Professional Conduct. Coach declined to comment through his attorney, John Gleason, who headed the Ark for 14 years and left in 2013. Code 72 was appointed Supreme Court in 2000 by Governor Bill Owens and became Chief Justice in 2018. He left in December of 2020 as he approached the mandatory retirement age of 72. Please take that down. So I'm gonna start off by telling you the other information that I've uncovered about this attorney that, by the way, has no experience as a judge, has zero experience as a judge, is a family law judge, is a judge that worked on criminal and family law. I went through and did research on all the cases that she's done over the last couple years in the jurisdiction of Colorado. Can't find any cases that would be related to what we're talking about in this complex litigation. In the first month and a half of being on, the, uh, uh, being on this case, but first, can you put up the uh, post about the appointment? This is going to become important. We're going to talk about her first. See, we don't live in a fair society. We don't live in a free society. Now we've come to the conclusion of that. Now we can start looking at the kangaroo court. I've talked about the unequal application of justice, the unequal application of laws, the fact that they can do whatever they want and act with impunity. Well, they're not going to do it now. We have a judiciary in Colorado that is run by, hey, let me scratch your back. I'll make you a judge. Make sure that you rule in my favor on this case. The things that you're going to hear about in the case with Eric Coomer should frighten you. And my lawyers right now, along with other uh, lawyers in this case that are being sued in this case, are going to work together to make sure that you get to hear the truth. And I'm going to put on a case for you today. I'm going to show you some of the evidence that I had not shown before, uh, because one of the things that Judge Moses, Moses said is that there is a probable falsity, that the statements I made were probably false false. The reasons why she said that was probably false, I'll get to as well. And that should make you mad. But what should make you even more mad is that everything that she's done along the way has been to become an advocate for the plaintiff, for Eric Coomer. Not only that, but I'm gonna show you how the Supreme Court acted outside of, unless they are ghosts, acted outside of the time that they're not, that they were even on the bench on a Rule 21 hearing. We put together more and more, I'm a data guy, put together more and more data. The more and more data that we pull and we put together, the more evident it becomes that this has nothing to do with justice. You're gonna hear about how both myself and one of my personal security detail testified yesterday at an evidentiary hearing of the extreme harm that I faced. And as we walk through that extreme harm, how she negated all of that and said, you have to disclose who the Antifa member is. Now, we already know that the radical left at this point, and Max is going to be a little bit quiet because I told him I'm going to take over a lot of what we're talking about. But the radical left, what do they do to people in Antifa? What do Antifa do? Anybody want to take a guess on what Antifa does? What do you think, Josh? What does Antifa do to people who squeal on them?
2: Uh, generally, they don't usually not nice things.
0: Well, we can say up to killing them.
2: Up to allegedly, maybe right? I don't know what to say there.
1: I'm still I'm still stuck up uh, stuck on this. Probably false. H- how does she make that determination?
0: She can't make the determination. The determination was made preemptively. Once you hear about, I'm going to walk through all the different places, but we're going to start with a judge. We're going to start with a judge. Go ahead and put up the appointment for Polis, if you would, please. This is an announcement that was made on March 23rd, 2020 from the uh, state of Colorado. And by the way, you should be sharing this. This should scare you. What I'm going to show you right here should scare every single one of you. Every one of you it should scare. Because this kangaroo court that acts as if they care about the American people is one-sided. It's designed to be advocates. It's designed to be people who can act as activists and destroy people's lives with impunity, regardless of the evidence. They can violate the rule of law. They can violate the process. And they can do whatever they can in the name of, oh, it's not credible. I want to talk to that person. Oh, we're going to seal it. It should piss you off, so hit the share button. Better yet, hit the share button and share the thing that we have on D Live. Put it on D Live. Put it on our website. Don't don't put don't put this up on Facebook. If you're on Facebook and you want to share, great, but share the other things. I can't tell if my daughter is here. Oh, she's not. So why is this
1: significant, um, the Mary A. Moses?
0: What What's... Well, put it back up. What? Uh, I me mean, read explain, it
1: to you. Explain why this is significant. Okay.
0: So today, Governor Jared Polis appoints Marie A. Moses to the district court of the second... Put it back up, please. Okay, it's back up. Uh, to the district court of the second judicial district. The vacancy is created by the retirement of the Honorable Morris B. Hoffman. Ms. Moses' appointment is effective May 1st, 2021. Ms. Moses is currently a partner at a law firm, a position which she held since 2011. Her practice focuses primarily on family law and criminal defense. Family law and criminal defense. Previously, Ms. Moses was a partner at Kelly, Garnsey, Hubble, and Lass. She served as a law clerk for the Honorable Edwin G. Ruland of the Colorado Court of Appeals. Ms. Moses earned her B.A. from the University of Virginia and her J.D. from the University of Denver in 95. Okay. So how did
1: it change judges? Because this lawsuit predates her appointment. How did they change judges?
0: The chief judge of the, of the, that district, right? The chief judge assigns cases. Those cases are assigned. The case was originally assigned to a judge that was reassigned. In the reassignment, there was another judge that sat in the middle of that case. That judge. And I'll kind of bring this up for you right now because it's, it's still unbelievable that I'm even having to. Um, Judge R- R- Rappaport, right? Judge Rappaport has been on the bench for 20 years. Judge Rappaport was in the middle of this for 20 years, been on the bench. And uh, one of the things was is that they wanted discovery. They wanted to violate the SLAP restrictions and, and get discovery up front and use that discovery to be used during the uh, anti-SLAP um, portion of the lawsuit that we had affirmed. So there was a, um, so on May 27th, um, which was the first time that she had taken over the, the deal, and I'm, I'm going to talk about this later, she um, she did something really weird. So Rappaport had already issued a denial, remember we talked about this, a denial to get access to discovery, 20 years, wrote a, and by the way, everyone's going to get access to everything in the court case. I'm going to put up every one of the motions, every one of the denials. But he had ruled, no, you don't get access to discovery. That's why it's an anti-slap. It follows the same rules. I mean, this is one of the same things that they have in uh, California, right? That was adopted just a couple years ago. And you don't get access to discovery, so that you can use that in the anti-slap. You either have, you either have the ability to go forward and say, "Hey, I have proof that they lied," or you don't. You don't get to, you don't get to hit it at first and then come in. And frankly, I don't care. I do care about un, uncovering people that could end up getting killed or kill themselves, because again, the amount of pressure that's been put on me, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. I would wish this on no one. So. They want me to turn that over in this deal. And I said, look, I'll give you a lot of evidence. I'm going to lay it out here for everyone here. I'm going to lay it out here. I'm going to lay out most of it here. I'm going to walk through all the little pieces that we have. I'm going to walk through the screenshots. I'm going to walk through the video. I'm going to walk through the significance of how we got to the place of having the aha moment of Eric Coomer. I'm going to watch it. Well, actually, most of it, most of it's going to have to be screenshots because Eric Coomer and his attorneys and Dominion has done a really good job of scraping the internet. We all we also know what Jenna Griswold did specifically in Colorado when she took out parts of the PDF for Dominion Voting Systems and made it so that you could not search it on an SEO platform. You remember that, Max? Yeah. Everybody else remembers it. So I'm I'm gonna walk <laughs> I'm going I'm gonna walk through. Moses for a minute and the significance of her being appointed, we're gonna start talking about her donations dating back to 1983. See, we ran an entire report on her to see is this woman a radical leftist? Is she a person that is an activist for the left? It wasn't that hard to find, although they did a really good job of scraping the internet of everything having to do with Miss Moses as well. Not only did they scrape that information, but scraped information about her daughter, scraped information about her family. They scraped a lot of information. Unfortunately, you know, I am very good at data. So let's start with uh, Act Blue. And Josh, you're going to have to tell me I'm a little blind right now, but um, we'll talk about her donations in 2020. Her donations include a donation to none other than Kamala Harris. Do we have that? Here you go. That's the wrong one. And that all of this, all of
1: this, that's Jared Poses. All of this is publicly available information. Yeah, it's all available through FEC filings. You have to make this available if you're going to donate. That's that's the way the law. Okay, can you works. put it back up, please? Um,
0: okay, he's trying to, I think, make it so that it fits in the screen.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's it's a little bit. It, even if even if the the M in her last name doesn't fit, it, we can still see everything else there. Josh. Um, so
0: so this right here is um, an earmark in February 2020 through Act Blue uh, for as an attorney at Last Moses Ramp and Cooper, right? Um, that's I think the first one. Are you just going to share your screen or Max can you can you guys send over the link and Max? I don't have s-
1: I don't I don't have I don't have any of these. I don't think
0: What's you that? sent them to me. Did you?
2: We're just navigating it. You have so much evidence here. Yeah, that we're just trying to get you the right stuff.
0: So, so that was in February. What about the uh, one for Kamala Harris? And I, and I'm sorry that I kind of gave you a little bit of a, a. Uh...
2: I'm grabbing at Joe. Here, they're okay, still sending perfect. me this stuff.
0: Yeah, Imagine anytime, anytime the,
1: anytime the evidence comes over in a zip file, <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's involved. a lot of stuff. Um, there's a lot.
0: And and as so I gathered expl- more information.
1: Explain why this is significant, because n- people expect that a Democrat will appoint a liberal judge. Right. Yep. And people expect that if you're a lib- if you're a liberal, that you would donate to liberal causes. Right. I mean, if, yeah. if you became a judge, um, you've donated to Republicans in the past. Um, why? Why are these donations significant in, in your case?
0: Well, they're significant because they're donating to the candidates that I that I was that go against Dominion, like Dominion. All of the evidence against Dominion, all the evidence against Eric Coomer, which I'm going to lay it out, right? I'm going to lay out stuff that would make me clairvoyant, right? It, it, would, it so, would literally so make be me clairvoyant. So, because
1: because the, your claim is that there was um, actions taken to bolster Kamala Harris's candidacy, a judge who supports Kamala Harris might potentially be biased in her ability to uh, dispense justice because she obviously wants an, a specific outcome, right? If right. you donate to Kamala Harris, you want Kamala Harris to win. Presumably, right. you would not want anything to come to light that would undermine that victory. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yes, and and it goes even deeper than that. If you look at Jared Polis, or since 2018, Jake, give me a nod if I'm right. Since 2018, he's, he's donated $1.4 million to—is that accurate? Just shake your head, nod your head if I'm right. Yeah, he's, okay.
1: he's, he's worth a lot of money.
0: He's donated nearly $1.4 million to different causes, including Warnock for Georgia. So he's getting involved in other causes around the nation— Right? And these are all, by the way, left-leaning, if not extremely left, candidates.
3: Past decade.
0: Sorry? Past decade. 1.4 million over the last decade to left-leaning candidates. We already know who Jared Polis is. We already know that Jared Polis gives generously to our, I mean, you, you can even tell me he's an Our Revolution candidate, which we already know about Chris Jacks. We'll talk about him a little bit later as well. But here you have, a, you have a, a governor that appoints a left-leaning person who also. And by the way, one of the one of the campaign contributions that he gave and he maxed out was to Biden, was to the Biden for America.
1: But so do, is your argument. Uh, we went, We haven't had a chance to talk because you've been so no. busy over the past day. No. Um, is the argument that anyone who donates to Biden isn't allowed to nominate any judge that could hear a Biden? Related no.
0: case? No, that's not, that's not the case at all. So I'm going to walk through a few other things. And, and as I started digging into the data, you're going to get more into the, the fact that she's connected to a nonprofit. Can we go ahead and put the nonprofit up, which, by the way, works on registering people to vote? Since 2006, she's volunteered for the Mikasa. Uh, and you can use your mic there a little bit if you want to, Jake, and walk through some of this stuff since you're on the other side of it. I know we have a file full of stuff. You're on. Talk.
3: Can you hear me? Yeah. <clears throat> so the Mikasa, the Mikasa, is a 501c3, Not, it's a nonprofit foundation. And we're, you know, we have so much evidence here that we're trying to get it up and position. But if you go to the FEC records for uh, you can search by employer and search uh, my employee mi- or, or, or employer as well. So you can see what the dynamic of an organization is. Uh, so you can actually even go and search FEC for Dominion voting systems. You can see the dynamic of how everyone that works there votes. Now, if you do it for Mikasa, there are like 290 employee records of donations, and they're all leftists. They're all Act Blue. They're all Biden. They're all uh, they're Biden for president. And so, you know, Mikasa, Going back to your judge Moses, she's um, she actually gives free legal counsel. It's called Mikasa uh, Mikasa Legal Night, and it's a, a community organizing event. And, you know, we have the image here, but there is a-
0: Go ahead and put the image up.
3: They did a, a voter registration uh, drive right before the election. And, and, you know, their goal is to sign up new voters. So all across the board, this whole thing is uh, incredibly one-sided. It's not even like, it's not even a 90% bias. It's straight across the board. It's 10 out of 10. So- yep. So in in a nutshell, the guy that appoints the judge has dumped millions behind the DNC. She has dumped money behind the same candidates of which stood to benefit if there were to be an issue with a company like Dominion. And then now she's the one that gets to preside over your case.
0: And we, we haven't even gotten to the part where it's an anti-slap deal. And some of the other things that she's ruled in this case fly in the face of justice, they fly uh, in the face of common sense. It, you were it, in the courtroom yesterday.
3: I was, and yep. I mean, these people, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're running circles around, trying, grabbing for straws for, for, uh, to get this, this story across, and I mean, the, his attorneys alone, they come off as criminal defense attorneys.
0: Well, and they asked a couple of key questions, and I think that uh, one of the issues that I have is that none of the things that they were saying were related to the evidentiary hearing. None. It was supposed to be the safety, which was one concern and the fact that there should be evidence released. That's it. But they didn't talk about that. And the judge basically gave them full reign to say and do whatever they wanted. By the way, I know that Facebook is blocking us. And so if you get to Facebook, and I know that they're throttling us and not letting people on because people are trying to get on and I'm getting massive numbers of texts. So go to DLive or go to the website. So you can go to conservative-daily.com and then you can get to the live there. Or you can go to DLive and watch it there as well. So one of the things, Max, that, that uh, came up in this as we started to go through it that was really odd was that a 20-year judge, a person that's been on the bench for approximately two weeks, two weeks, who said, you know, I'm not up to date on the, one of the things she said inside the, of the, the deals, and I'm not up to date on everything that's happening. So on May 27th, and I'll talk a little bit about how you can start seeing the progression of her trying to speed this along so that you don't have the ability to, you know, examine things about the judge, examine things about Coomer, examine things about the judges down in Texas. But one of the things that she did is that at 130 she had a status conference. So the court sue sponte, I think that's how you say it. So say Sponte ruled, right? And what, what that means, just so you know, is that, that she volunteered. She volunteered. In other words, she basically, Judge Rappaport, Rappaport had issued, absolutely not, you cannot have access to discovery because this is an anti-slap, the anti-slap motions have been filed, and this is an anti-slap case. You cannot get access to or have discovery because, frankly, you're not entitled to it based on the rules of procedure of the court. And he was very thorough on what he actually drew out. Well, so what she did is they, she basically said that uh, they can reconsider the motions for discovery, discovery motions that previously Johnson ordered and Rappaport ordered. Motions for reconsideration were due on 6-1 at midnight. So this was done on five twenty seven. She said, you have four days. And so we couldn't figure out why you would volunteer. Why in the case would you go back and open up the case for the plaintiff to get a second bite of the apple only to rule that, yes, you can have access to discovery. Now, you've been on the bench for uh, uh, 27 days. We have a status conference, so in 27 days, you're on a case that is complex, that, that that works on election integrity, that is talking about the the whether or not the voice of the American people was that this person, Eric Coomer, said what he said. And I'm going to show you how it doesn't matter if he said or didn't say. What matters is, is that he was biased as anti-American, anti-Trump, and anti-police. Uh, that, that was the guy that holds the adjudication process, the patent for it, and is a shareholder at Dominion Voting Systems. That's that guy. Which, by the way, he's a shareholder. Let me repeat that. He's a shareholder, which means he's suing me for defamation so he can, what, not work as a shareholder in the company that he owns? Or is this just another bite at the apple so that they can... Again, they already already shopped jurisdiction. They already shopped jurisdiction. And you're going to see how it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse.
1: So did she deny... Go, go ahead did and put that one up your, if you would. Did she deny your um, your anti-slap motion? No,
0: no, no. Put it so up. So she's up allowing the,
1: discovery and admitting that there's anti-slap motions that have yes. already been filed, already been ruled. But having them get saying, discovery
0: beforehand. <clears throat> So the the
1: anti-slap motions have been ruled on. Right. I just want to make sure everyone understands the chronology of this. Anti-slap motions. People saying, what is an anti-slap? Anti-slap is basically, different states have it. It's to stop a fishing expedition. So if you sue someone and you don't actually have evidence to support your lawsuit, you'll be like, okay, well, I need discovery to find the evidence. Well, no, that's not how it works. It's a burden. So states put anti-slap provisions in place to stop those fishing expeditions. You have to actually come with something. In order to go forward. So, so what she did in the an anti slap state anti-slap.
0: is said you can go on a fishing expedition before you actually file it so that you can have information to use in the anti slap. It goes against everything that is anti slap. So, yeah, it goes l- against it.
1: L- 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 I just want to verify. You filed anti slap motions yes. with the previous judge. Yes. He ruled in your favor and said this he is ruled ridiculous. on
0: discovery that you cannot get access to discovery based on the rules of law.
1: She then said, After being on the after being on
0: the bench 27 days, she said she just said she volunteered. She she volunteered it that hey anyone that wants to take another bite at this apple for discovery, uh, you know just you have to have it in the next four days. Just have to you have to put in your uh, motion for reconsideration.
1: So she opened it up for reconsideration, and then before and then ruled on their on on the reconsidered.
0: She ruled on their motion for discovery. No, the motion for discovery was the reconsideration.
1: So, how are they getting discovery if she hasn't ruled on the? She did rule on it. No,
0: no, no, she did rule. You're it. not supposed to get discovery till after anti-slap. We're not yeah, even supposed yeah, to that's get that's to discovery. Where, and it wasn't just discovery; she gave them a deposition of me. In an anti-slap case, she said, "Oh, and by the way, you can depose all of the defendants for three hours. You could at." And forced me to do it at the courthouse in Denver, where you have to walk by an Antifa camp in order to get to the courthouse, which by the way, you can't yeah. carry a gun in there. And after, after my PSD testified that there's been people with guns at my house, there's been threats on my life that are both electronic, they're, they're massive. She says, I have to do it at the courthouse, which again, violates procedure. She can't force us to have a deposition you you at the courthouse. Huh?
1: Did you say, did you I'm say not you're afraid, afraid of COVID?
0: COVID? And she knows I'm not afraid uh, of COVID.
1: I told you, you should have said you, you're afraid you, of COVID.
0: So somebody says- She they're said kind of, the Delta variant. Okay, stop for a minute because people are getting confused as we go back and forth. So let's just stop for a minute. Just stop, okay? Okay, so I, I almost want to just bring my attorney on so she can have a conversation, but I don't know if that's proper, so I'm going to just, Okay. So she gave limited discovery, which is against the rules unless, you'd, unless you've shown cause, right? So what she said, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask for the four falsities, and this is how ridiculous it was. The four, four falsities. Now, keep in mind, I want everyone to understand, the way the system goes is they file their complaint. You file motions up to the complaint. And then, once the motions are done, there are several motions. Um, hold on. Once you do that, then you file an answer. So the complaint can be anything. You can you can allege anything in a complaint, right? You can allege anything in a complaint. But until you get to the point, until you get to the point where you can file an answer, you're not answering the complaint. Does that make sense? Everybody make, make sense? Okay. Yeah. So once you get to the place where you can file an answer, then you can deny all the things that are in the complaint. So what the judge said the falsities were based off of was was void of having to file an answer. But she was trying to move everything forward, again, creating chaos in the case. First bit of chaos, it had already been ruled on by rapport that you don't get access to discovery now in her her answer in moses's answer she doesn't actually state any law to support her decision none there's zero law stated inside of her response for discovery now that wouldn't be i mean you could you could have a judge that is new that would do something like that right that would not be the the thing that i would go oh wow this is this is the, the the red herring. It's not. Sorry, hold on one second. But what is the red herring? Okay, Max, read your ad. Guys, we'll be right back. Max is gonna read an ad. We'll be right back.
1: All right, podcast sponsored by AirMedCare Network. You all know the deal, AirMedCare Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you should you ever need to be airlifted for an emergency. It's common sense coverage. If you spend a lot of time outdoors, have a mountain home, have a lake home, just live in the suburbs of an rural area. It really is common sense. For $85, you get coverage for your entire household should you ever need to be airlifted to a hospital. As long as you're flown by an AMCM provider, you will not pay one cent for that flight. So you're going to want to go to the link in our description, www.airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily. And when you use promo code daily, you'll get up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card, depending on how many years you sign up for. Again, that's airmaycarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. That's the ad. go ahead, Joe.
0: Okay. So what's interesting about this is that as you dig further into what we're dealing with, um, specifically as it relates to, um, the judge, it gets more sinister. It gets much more sinister. Right? And so let's talk about what happened next. So you, all the defendants could file their objections response to the plaintiff's motion on June 1st. Now keep in mind that Rappaport is a female judge. Excuse me. So Judge Rappaport is a woman. Um, on June 8th, Moses issues her order denying the prior order issued by Judge Rappaport and issues a timeline. Right? On June 18th, and this is where I get into where it says the Supreme Court Justice quid quo quo quid pro quo, for issuing a, which just came out, came out today, which is an ethical violation of massive proportions. Someone someone giving up a contract in order to keep someone quiet, this is what we're dealing with in the judiciary in Colorado. On June 18th, Sidney Powell files a Rule 21 regarding the discovery anti-slap. On June 19th, Eric Matexas files his Rule 21 regarding the discovery and anti-slap. On June 21st, OAN and Chanel Rion filed the Rule 21. Now, why this is important, why those are filed, and I'll make those available to you, because on June 21st, the Supreme Court denied all Rule 21 and bank, meaning when all judges hear a case, they denied them. Now, keep in mind, June 21st, that happened at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It was denied by 4 o'clock. Ink wasn't even dry yet on AON or Chanel Rion's filed Rule 21. It wasn't even dry. Here's the problem with that, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the problem with that. Are you ready for this? The court docket was checked on June 21st, and the justices were not hearing cases that day. So the judges in the Supreme Court weren't hearing a case. So who denied the Rule 21? Who denied it? They weren't in the courtroom. They did not meet. They did not have a docket. They stated that they actually denied it by hearing a case, but they didn't. Chief Judge of the Supreme Court of Colorado is under investigation for fraud, for defrauding the people of, the, of Colorado for using his position a position of power by the way there's movies all over Hollywood about this guys of judges doing this all over the country and they don't get caught because they don't have a voice yet a judge volunteers information who gives money to radical leftists Kamala Harris is a radical leftist who was appointed by a radical leftist in Polis having to do with Dominion Voting Systems, which is in Colorado, which I've been attacking Gina Griswold because she changed the rules and said, only people that can actually look at the system and do an audit are me, Dominion Voting Systems, and judge. That's it. Who denied the Rule 21? Who denied it? When the justices weren't even there on June 21st. And within hours of... A very long 30, 40 page document to the, the Supreme Court was denied. And they weren't even there. So, Max, it's not about the donations. It's not about her being a part of Mikasa and the fact that everyone in Mikasa gave money to the radical left. No, it has to do with the clear bias and the clear appointment. A polis to her, to there, that overruled a 20-year judge without even mentioning one time, mentioning any case law that would support her. Still think I'm too upset, still think I'm too mad. They questioned my integrity, they questioned my ability to be truthful, said that I wasn't truthful. I tell you what, we're going to walk through truthfulness. We're going to walk through who has been truthful from the beginning. And guess who it's not? Guess who it's not? It's not Eric Coomer. So I'm fired up and I'm pissed because we should be able to not worry about our election. We should be able to not worry about our judiciary. Yet over and over and over again, they are punishing with impunity and persecuting Americans for being Christian, for being conservative, and for standing up. Is it me? So right before these rulings came out, there's another thing that came up that's really interesting and smells fishy. Judge Moses entered a ruling denying the motion to dismiss for lack of personal jurisdiction on the other defendants that raised that issue. But it smells fishy because it was considered an issue raised in the Rule 21, and it happened simultaneously. I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe that this is, oh, we just it just happened. She literally opened up Discovery and overturned a 20-year judge. And she had been on the bench for less than a month and a half. Who does that? Who does that? Her reasoning falls flat. Her reasoning and ability to find reasons for why she rules the way she does have nothing to do with law. It has to do with morbid curiosity. She doesn't follow process at all. And she unapologetically acts that way, unapologetically. Here are the objections, the four things that she said caused her to say that it's probable falsity. Number one, the two-month delay of the conference call and to when I came forward in the matter. Two-month delay. Well, that that doesn't make
1: sense because on the one hand, they're they're accusing you of not doing due diligence. And um, at the very same time... They're accusing you of doing too much due diligence and, and crossing your T's all and right. dotting your I's and yeah. taking a little so bit too long. It, gets, it doesn't gets worse. make a whole lot of sense.
0: Yeah, it gets worse. Because I started to present evidence related to how I could prove that I, I'm not clairvoyant and she discounted all of that. But the first one was a two-month delay in the conference call to when I came forward. I didn't know what Dominion was. I was very clear on what the case was. I was very clear. I was very clear on what the why. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is the lack of specifics on how he intercepted the call. But I explained that if I gave them specifics on how I, 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 I actually gave them specifics on how he intercepted the call. It was very simple. I said, I got on an Antifa call. I was looking for Antifa journalists. I wasn't looking for Eric Coomer. I wrote down the stuff on Eric Coomer because I thought it was interesting, right? I didn't actually say Coomer. It was, and, and, I, and I'm going to show you some things that are really, really important that are timestamped, by the way. Very, 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 very important. You know the timestamp. But she said that
1: have have, have 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 your lawyers filed any motions or anything for you to be protected under Colorado law and under the Colorado Constitution as a journalist?
0: Oh yeah, I mean I, I am a journalist. She said that that she's considering me a journalist, but she doesn't consider this journalist because she said I lack credibility based on these four things. So let me go through these four things.
1: Okay, just right, right? four things.
0: Really, thing. So, the lack of specifics on how he intercepted the call. I was very specific. I was on a call. And he said, Well, you know, were you on a phone? Were you and fishing for it? But he started the conversation. The attorney for Coomer started the conversation by saying, You do realize that Antifa does not have a, it's not an organization. Like, it doesn't have a membership. That's roster. Idea. Yeah, see, this, this is what they do on the radical left. This is what they do. They, they preface it with that, right? So, uh, lack of a recording. So they asked me, why didn't you record it? But he didn't want me to ask that question. He didn't want me to answer that question. So my attorney asked me. And I was like, look, he didn't want me to record him inadvertently. But, so I answered the lack of the, the you know probable falsity with something that's normal. This guy's scared to death. I'd be scared to death if I were him. I mean, I'm not scared to death, but I'm careful. goes back to the fact that none of these things... Can withstand the anti-slap part of this deal. You don't get to get a bite of the apple and then run out there and say, "Okay, now I'm going to use all this in the anti-slap." That's not the way it works. You either have that or you don't. And you've and you've given them your contemporaneous notes. That, I'm giving it to them now. I'm going to give them to them. A, give so, them to them. No.
1: So, can, under under procedure, contemporaneous notes, while not as strong as an audio recording, right. No, the FBI, notes, notes that you the FBI, uses, the
0: those. James uh, the FBI James uses, uses those, the FBI uses notes. He uses notes yeah. in order to get to a, a complaint of perjury. Yeah. But I, I mean, should have very recorded
1: But I should have recorded It's it. very common. Yeah. yeah. It, it, not everyone has a recorder yeah. on their person. Not everyone has the ability yeah. to record something at any given moment. You're um, not allowed to record um, in the That's court why contemporaneous room. notes are allowed.
0: You're, you're not allowed to record in the courtroom. You're not. You're not allowed to record in the courtroom. Well, the
1: depositions, the depositions get recorded.
0: No, no, no. They get transcribed after they're recorded, but you don't get access to those, right? Yeah. So, but when you sit in the back of a courtroom, you have to take notes. When I sit in meetings with people, I take notes. I rarely, if ever, record anything because, frankly, it makes people uncomfortable. No matter what the part, if you're sitting in front of someone and he was a little bit more nervous than others. And the fourth one is, an admission by Joe, he wasn't sure that it was Dr. Coomer, which is not true. Which is absolutely not true, and the complaint did not allow for response. We had not even gotten to the response yet. We hadn't gotten to it. So I get one side of it that says that I said something, which I did not say in the context of the original recording. I never said it. I never said it. I was very careful. Now you told me very clearly, Joe, allegedly. And I was like, all right, allegedly. Yeah. Right? That's 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 you telling me and me saying, okay, allegedly. I'll I'll say it just to satisfy you. But Max, we had talked at length about whether I, I was sure or not sure. We had talked at length with other people about what happened. When I was that Friday, after the Tuesday election, there are other people that I that I want to go through that I wanted to, to have as witnesses. And I was like, man, there's no way that I'm going to put my friend in harm's way. Look what they've done to me. So,
1: so the lack of you saying allegedly is what brought on the defamation lawsuit. Basically you saying that you're sure. And then you retroactively uh, CYA saying, yeah, obviously allegedly to protect against defamation is now evidence of reckless disregard for the truth.
0: Right, but the point is, is that there's other stuff that that they're not, that you'd have to be dumb not to, to understand. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have them put this up. If you could go to, um, because now it's time to show you some other things, right? Now it's time to show you the. Go ahead and put up. Put up the five a five two eight five a. At twelve oh four, I sent it to you. Right after the eleven fifty nine. So now it's time for you guys to see things.
2: Sorry, Joe. You have a ton of things here. Is this the uh, one yeah. I sent at twelve oh eight?
0: This is the one that's screenshot for twenty twenty nine twenty six at two oh three thirty one p.m.
2: Of those PNGs you sent me. Yes. Because they're not named that.
0: No, it's five A five two eight five A two three three D F. Oh my gosh. This is crazy.
1: This is why this I sent it why to you at twelve oh four. I name I name them cut one and cut two because not all it won't always have the full string of letters and numbers.
0: All right. I'll on just there. I just resend, um, just resend it to you.
1: He just resent it to you. Um people her in the comment section say turns out turns out Max is a lawyer. Max is not a lawyer. Max just knows enough about this to point out ridiculous things. This thing?
0: Okay, listen, what's what's interesting about this is that this was was the uh, screenshot that I took on 9-26. Now that was September 26th at 2.03 p.m. I searched for Eric, Dominion, Denver, Colorado. I did this on Google. The first one that popped up was September 9th, 2016. And it says, Democracy Suite is a registered trademark of Dominion Voting Systems. Eric Coomer graduated from the University of California, Berkeley. The second one from rocketreach.co is Eric Coomer's email and phone, Dominion Voting Systems. And it has his information, third of which was a lawyer at Old Dominion University, excuse me, a physical therapist for Eric uh, Schulzer, and it did not have Dominion in it. it, it had Eric and it had Denver, Colorado. Eric E. Johnson, attorney for Sherman and Howard, showed up as the fourth one down. The fifth one down was Dominion Voting Systems employee profiles of which it said Eric Coomer's photo. The, f- the sixth one down is Dominion Voting Systems Wikipedia. This was done, by the way, on September 26, 2020. So I must be clairvoyant. Well, no, th- that is, that is you doing your due diligence.
1: That's you hearing due diligence. someone on your, then, on the call referred to as Eric and you searching to see, okay, who could that possibly be? And, and right there, the Google search, the yeah. only match that makes any plausible sense is Eric Coomer.
0: Yeah. So, so now what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you that as I did research and I listened to other videos because he was everywhere. He's a public figure in public interest. 40 states, nearly 28 fully. He owns the adjudication process that is owned by, that he owns it, that he assigned to Dominion Voting Systems. (laughs) Right? In something that is a public interest. Now let's start at the beginning. They shopped jurisdiction. We don't have anybody that would have jurisdiction in the city and county of Denver, but they go to the most blue part of the state and they file a lawsuit against me and other people. Then the judge rules that you cannot have evidence. Then after he rules that you cannot have evidence, she said there's a probable falsity and we're going to change the, uh, the ruling that you can have evidence, that she volunteers. She volunteers to do this for the plaintiff. Volunteers. Then in doing that, overrules it and creates a very, very short, tight timeline. And says, by the way, you can have a three-hour deposition. Now listen, I haven't even filed an answer yet. Like there's no answer that's been filed there's no evidence that's been given by my side to them that shows what happened happened. Nothing, they didn't get to see any of this. But the probability of falsity was just assumed out of midair, assumed based on the complaint, not based on the fact, not based on any, any testimony, not based on anything, because all of this was in testimony. So after that, by the way, remember, I was looking for Antifa journalists. We're going to go over today, guys. This is going to be a long deal. So, you know, strap in. Strap in. It's going to be a long deal. So, so, so you, you get, on. so, so, so yeah, so on, I was looking for Antifa journalists, right? And there was a lot that was uncovered in this about Antifa journalists. There was a lot. I, I learned a lot on this call. I learned people that were talking about them, right? So, I, I learned a lot. I learned quite a bit. So on October 16th, this is really important. I'm sending this over to you now, Mr. Producer. And you can put this up. This is a YouTube video. On October 15th, this was uploaded on the 16th, but on October 15th, I spoke at an FEC United meeting And the only reason I was looking for Antifa journalists is because this young man told me when he came to an FEC meeting, he's like, listen, you need to know that these people that are writing stuff about you, they're actually Antifa members. They're Antifa members. September 26th, I'm looking for Eric Coomer. What, am I clairvoyant? Am I clairvoyant? Did I just all of a sudden figure out? I didn't know anything about Dominion. No one was even talking about Dominion. It never even was a topic of conversation anywhere. You can't find anything on Dominion. I get on that call. I do my due diligence. I watch some videos. I go through, look at him. He's he's very, you know, the, the one with the hacker conference was the most revealing, right? I just, can't, I just can't get over.
1: I can't get over that that they are ruling. She's ruling against you. Yes. That that I was that I didn't tell the truth. Time. You took but time I have to look into things.
0: <laughs> but 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 it, like, how does that work? But the, but the other side is, the, the, the side of this that is most important that we have to consider when we look at all this is that, did I get a chance to answer their complaint? You could say whatever you want. He lied in his complaint. I'm going to prove to you he lied because in his own words, he lied. Right? He did that, not me. He did that. So go ahead and do this video. This video was of me saying I was going to dox. Go ahead and play this. You have to take it off of Things we're gonna go over right now, but the one thing I do want to tell you is data is a really great thing, right? So through this whole process, um, we've been actually demasking. We have people on the inside in lots of places demasking Antifa members that are actually acting as journalists. So we've uncovered thirteen journalists that work for organizations that are part of the Antifa organization that are okay, stop journalists it. writing stories. Alright, so that, by the way, was not my video. That, by the way, was a video that was uploaded by the Colorado Times Recorder, right? Now we've since downloaded the video, so we have that as evidence, that was done on October 15th. Are we to the election yet, Max? Not yet. Are we to the election? No, we're not. Not yet. Right? So I got this information about Coomer. I, I was very clear in the fact that I didn't know what the significance was. I actually thought he worked for the FBI or CIA. I thought he was a spook. Sorry, I did. I've always said that I thought he was a spook. Now, there's other people that I told at the time that, hey, listen, this is kind of weird. Check this out. But I'm afraid to bring them in because if I bring them in, guess what happens, Max? Guess what happens? They get dragged in. They get dragged in and they get death threats and everything else. And by the way, it's going to get deeper, guys. It's going to get much deeper as I walk through this. Moses is not a judge. She's an activist. She's acting on behalf of the prosecution. She's not acting on the path of truth. She's not. So we're going to take a quick break because we have to. Second half of this, stay with me because I'm going to start pointing out all the things that Eric Coomer did and how Eric Coomer lied, his own words, not mine, that he lied. And I'm going to bring up some other things about the judges down in Texas. We'll be right back.
2: Ronald Reagan famously said that our freedoms are never more than a generation away from extinction. Conservative Daily exists to make sure that never happens. With our community of 700,000 members, we fight every day to hold Congress's feet to the fire and stop them from surrendering our rights and freedoms. The fight to take this country back is not over. Please join our movement right now by going to conservative-daily.com and clicking the subscribe button to sign up for our free call-to-action newsletters. We have a chance to save this country, but only if we all work together. Again, this is conservative-daily.com, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button at the top.